Aren't you glad you're here today? Amen. Amen. Rather be here than in jail. Praise the Lord. <laughs> ah, I appreciate so much all the effort and hard work that goes into these services. Uh, God is, has just blessed us tremendously. Brother Jim and Kelly Waltz, are y'all in here somewhere? At the top? Would y'all stand? Where y'all at? Where y'all? Did they slip out? They slipped out. All right. Well, they don't want to hear good preaching. <laughs> I'd offer the rest of you. Some of y'all want to go ahead and leave after the music, but if you do, so help me. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. I appreciate Brother Jim and Kelly. I know they were here for the dedication, and you continue to pray for Brother Jim and them. They're not not really good around crowds and all, but what a blessing he has been to so many for so many years over and over and over again. I want to take just a moment this morning to welcome and uh, to honor our mothers. If you're here today and you're a mother, would you just stand up where you are? Just, amen. <laughs> Guys, would you say amen to we couldn't do it without them? Amen, amen. amen. Thank you, you may be seated. None of us had perfect moms. My mother whipped me, so I know she wasn't perfect. <laughs> Mother's Day can be a bittersweet thing. Uh, some of you this morning are in this place, and your mother's gone on to eternity. And that's a bittersweet thing. I mean, you, you're rejoicing, and at the same time, you're hurting. Some of you mothers sitting here this morning have lost a child or lost children. Some of you this morning sitting here wanting to have a child and fertility problems. Some of you this morning are sitting here and you're struggling with trying to put together a blended family. Some of you this morning have adopted different children and you've, you're putting your home together. And then there's some preschoolers, mothers of preschoolers, whose work is never finished around the clock. And then there's some mothers of school grade kids. You're the chauffeur to pick up from here to go to dance, to go to Little League, to go to soccer, to go to kids' praise, and packing lunches, doing homework. And then there's some mothers here this morning, and you're dealing with that thing. I, I love it, but I know it's real to some of you. It's called the empty nest syndrome. I, I, I've never understood why mothers had a problem with that. I was rejoicing uh, and praising the Lord, but I do understand that is a, a special problem. I want to just take just a moment just to pray for our mothers this morning. Could we? Father, thank you so much for the mothers, mothers who have stood the test of time, mothers who have sacrificed and prayed, invested in futures of their children, not only theirs, but I look around and we've got mothers that are investing in the future of other children in this church. And Lord, we just praise you and thank you for godly mothers. And I ask you this morning, those that need a special comfort, would you wrap your arm around them, draw them close to you, draw me nearer, 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 blessed Lord, and to comfort them. And may this be a day that even though we, we may not be able to see our mother again here on this earth, we know one day we will. And we praise you for that. 
in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining in on live stream with us this morning. And we're looking at 1 Kings chapter 17. As we think about a Mother's Day sermon, the strong, godly woman, or a woman who can sustain us, who can sustain us. 1 Kings chapter 17, beginning in verse 8. Would you stand, please, in honor of God's holy, inspired, inerrant, all-sufficient word. And the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, Arise, get thee to Zarephath, which belongeth to Zidon, and dwell there. Behold, I have commanded a widow woman there to sustain thee. Father, thank you again this morning how we've been blessed in the music, the testimony time, Lord, the giving of our offerings. And Lord, we just ask you to let your spirit continue to rule in this place. Don't let Satan have anything to do with any person's lives in this place today. You be glorified in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. There are not many prophets like Elijah. Uh, he had a touch from God. He heard the voice of God. The people of Israel were being led by a wicked ruler named Ahab. And probably the only person that was more wicked than Ahab was his wife, Jezebel. And Ahab was beginning to lead the nation Israel over to uh, worship some false gods, some idolatry. And so in the middle of all that, and let me just stop and say this, anything you worship outside of Jehovah God is an idol. It can be your car, it can be a religion, it can be money, it can be a job, it can be family, it can be possessions, anything you worship. And I want to tell you, we live in days today where everybody's bringing everything in the world up to be an idol. Let's worship this one. We've got a lady this morning in the Longview News, I think it was, I don't remember, uh, she said, you Christians think you've got it the best. No, we ain't got it the best. We've got it the only way. There is no other God but Jehovah God. And we need men of God who will stand behind pulpits and proclaim that, that there is no other God. So Ahab introduces these false idols, and then God introduces him to his messenger named Elijah. Now, and he said, go confront this man. Sin must be confronted. I wish we could just say, hey, let's never mention the word sin again. One day we'll be able to do that, but not here on this earth. Sin must be confronted. I don't like to do it. I, I'm a lover, not a fighter. I'd much rather just, hey, let's preach and just be positive. Let's everybody just smile and be happy and go on. But I'm telling you, unless we repent of our sin and come to Jesus Christ, there is no salvation outside of that. There's none whatsoever. So it's a day and age we're living where idolatry is becoming more and more popular. And we need to call out the idols and confront the sin, not just go along with it. I'm here to tell you this morning, we're not worshiping Muhammad. We're not worshiping Buddha. We're not worshiping the hope, the Pope. We're not worshiping the preacher. We're worshiping Jehovah God Almighty. And that's it. Nobody else. You need to know that on Mother's Day. Only one God, one mediator between God and man, the Lord Jesus Christ. So Elijah confronts him, and he says, it's not going to rain for three years. Now, we got some prophets uh, around that want to be prophets, and I want to tell you how you can tell a real prophet. Get them to prophesy. And if it don't come true, they're lying. They would be classified as false prophets. And according to the Word of God, we need to stone them. 
Boy, that'll, that'll lower that employment level real quick right there, I guarantee you. Elijah, you don't go into Pharaoh and say, hey, Pharaoh, it's not going to rain for three years. Come out alive. But Elijah did because he followed the voice of God. Now, and then he tells Elijah, you go hide. Now, he's not telling Elijah to hide because he's fearful. He's telling Elijah to hide because there's some lessons he needs to teach Elijah. And there's some lessons he needs to teach Ahab. He's going to do it in these three years. So God hid him in a brook called Kareth, and uh, he brought meat-eating birds, ravens. I mean, this is, you do realize that nature has to submit to God Jehovah because he created them. If he tells a dog to talk, that dog going to talk. He told these meat-eating ravens to deliver curbside service from Outback Steakhouse right down there to Elijah. Curbside. A raven, everybody knows these ravens, they eat the meat before they ever get up in the air. And yet those ravens took care of Elijah. But I will tell you, the brook dried up. How many of you have been in a life when the brook dried up? <laughs> the brook dries up. But listen, that's another opportunity for God to give another plan, to give another way that he's going to see us through. And I imagine Elijah, when God says, I'm going to send you to Zarephath, I just imagine Elijah thinking, wow, there must be some big new reservoir of water over there. You know, it's Hadn't rained. It's, it, it must be some. Maybe there's some rich couple that's got a pool house that we're going to stay in. Or maybe there's some retreat center for men of God. Or maybe it's just some exotic retreat center, period. You know, where you get the facials and the massages and you get the oiled up and all of that stuff there. Maybe it's all that. And you know what God says? No, I'm going to send you to a widow. And not just any widow, she's broke. She's broke as the Ten Commandments the first time down. <laughs> she's broke. She's, she's, she's gathering her last meal for her and her son. And yet God says, she's going to take care of you. Now, when I think about Elijah, the great man of God, and I think about God says, this woman's going to take care of you and sustain you. I'm thinking she got to be some kind of woman. Amen? I mean, you're talking about the greatest prophet of God. She got to be something special. So what is it about her that makes her so special that she can take care of the man of God? I'm glad you asked. Look, look first of all, uh, there, uh, she was resourceful. Verse 10, look in chapter 17, verse 10. He arose, went to Zarephath, and when he came to the gate of the city, behold, the widow woman was there gathering of sticks, and he called to her and said, Fetch me, I pray thee, a little water in a vessel that I may drink. The first thing he does, he realizes that she's gathering sticks. She's resourceful. How many of y'all had a mama that was resourceful? Huh? I mean, praise God. I remember having homemade biscuits on Monday morning. And on Tuesday morning, we had those same leftover biscuits, but we had it with Mayhall jelly. And on Wednesday, we had those same leftover biscuits, but we had that with ribbon cane syrup. And then on Thursday, we had that butter, cinnamon, and sugar added on there. And then for the weekend, she took whatever was left over and bread biscuits or light bread or any heels of the bread, and we had bread pudding. Huh? 
I mean, you give her, she may not have much in her refrigerator. You give her a piece of cheese and a piece of meat and one piece of bread, she'll make you a sandwich. You say, you can't make a sandwich with one piece of bread. Yeah, it's called a fold over. <laughs> I'm telling you, this woman was resourceful. She is gathering up sticks so that she can feed her and her son the last meal. Now, she's doing it because she loves her son. Oh, listen, uh, you look back as you get older and realize it took a lot of sacrifice to raise children. It took a lot of grit. It took a lot of work. It took a lot of tears of sorrow, of prayer, of devotion. We, we didn't know we was poor. We thought everybody rode their bicycles around picking up Coke bottles to try to get enough movie, uh, money to go to the movie on Saturday afternoon. We, we thought everybody did that. We didn't, we didn't know we was poor. She had a son. My, Jeremy, Jason will croak up here, but anyhow, I'm going to tell you anyway. Because we do it every time we're in a family reunion or something. I remember the time I was 16 years old before I knew my mama liked pork chops. Because they come in packages of four at Brookshire's. And there were five of us counting her. And I never once saw her eat a pork chop until Leon went to college. And then she, I found out she liked pork chops as much as we did. But she was not going to eat one until she knew all of us had one. And you know what? Here's the thing about it. Nobody would have ever known it because she was able to do it and smile and keep on going. You thought she was doing good that she didn't like pork chops. Boy, most mothers now, well, not most. I don't have it, you know. You know mm. She wanted to make sure, this woman wanted to make sure her son had plenty to eat. She's gathering up sticks because she loved him. We didn't realize that we were going without when we were, when we were young. Thank God he's given us homes where women are resourceful. They know how to stretch things. She not only, though, was resourceful. I look here, and she's walking by faith and obedience. Uh, verses 11 following, she's going to fetch it, he said. He called to her and said, bring me, I pray, the morsel of bread in thy hand. And then she just says, look, I, I'm just telling you how it is. Uh, the Lord... God liveth, I, I, don't, I have not a cake. I got a handful of meal in a barrel and a little oil in a cruise. And behold, I'm gathering two sticks. I go in, dress it for me and my son. We may eat it and die. And Elijah said unto her, fear not. Go, do as I was said, but make me therefore a, a cake first. And then verse 14, for thus saith the Lord God of Israel, the barrel of meal shall not waste, neither shall the cruise of oil fail until the day that the Lord sendeth rain upon the, the earth. Wow, she doesn't question him. She doesn't say, who in the world do you think you are? I'm a widow. My husband's dead. I'm on my last leg here. Who, who, who do you think you are? I'm not your wife. I'm not your slave. The Bible says she left to go do it. Why? Because she heard the Lord. She heard the Lord. The Lord spoke to her. She does it. See, that's the thing about a woman that will sustain you. She's always looking to help anybody in need, even if she don't have enough for herself. Always looking. Men, praise God, this church is filled with women of God. It wasn't for them. I don't know where we'd be today. 
Somebody gets sick, they're there, they're fixing a meal, they're picking up medicine, they're carrying somebody to the doctor, they're going by and visit them, they take care of the children. Listen, she walked by faith and by obedience. And listen, when you walk by faith and obedience, God will bless you and he'll answer your prayer. Legend has it that a man was lost in the desert, dying for a drink of water. He came upon this old shack, ramshackled, roofless, weather-beaten, he looked about just for a little shade. He saw a pump about 15 feet away. And he went over there to that pump, dying of thirst of water. Hit that thing four or five times. It was squealing and, 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 and howling and nothing. And he walked back over and he noticed a, a jar, had a jug there. And it had a message that said, you have to prime the pump with all the water in this jug. Be sure you fill the jug before you leave. So he popped the cork of that jug, and man, I mean, he, he popped the cork of that jug, and he drank water. Wasn't that a, cre a, a great way to go in to get a drink of water, amen? <laughs> he said, I, I'm faced with a situation. I can drink this jug of water, and I can be satisfied. Or I can take this whole jug of water, and I can prime this pump. It may work, and it may not work. He decided he would prime the pump. He poured all the water down there. He began to pump, squealing, nothing. Finally, there was a little drizzle, finally a little bit more, and finally cold water came rushing out. He drank two jugfuls, and he filled the jug up, getting ready for the next guy that was going to come to. But he wrote a little note on it uh, as he finished up uh, all of that. Uh, he said, believe me, it really works. And then he said this, you got to give it all away before you can get anything back. You got to give it all away before you can get anything back. See, that's the essence of genuine faith. Faith is not a risk. It's a challenge to human reasoning. Human reasoning will tell you, this is not going to work. But the Lord says it will work. If the Lord says it'll work, it'll work, folks. You can walk by faith and be obedient. Noah built the ark there in Genesis 6. It hadn't rained. It's not going to work. Nobody even know what rain is. God knew what rain was. And before it was over with, the whole earth knew what rain was. Abraham and Isaac in Genesis 22. Daniel and the three Hebrews in Daniel 1. There are times when the commandments of God seem to be harsh. They seem to not make sense. Those are the times when you've heard from God when you need to say, yes, Lord, yes. I, I'll do what you want me to do. You see, uh, there's not enough fame, not enough money, not enough possessions to sustain you. But you can hold on to God's unchanging hand, and he will sustain you. The Bible says in Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Philippians 4.19, my God shall supply all my need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Ephesians 3.20, unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask of him according to the power that worketh in us. I'm telling you, this woman walked by faith and she was obedient. You'll never find the blessing coming until first of all people are obedient. When you're obedient, then God can give the blessing. God doesn't live in Missouri. You got to show me first. No, no, you, you walk by faith. And then God will show you. So this woman was resourceful. 
She also walked by faith and was obedient. And then thirdly, this woman is blessed of God. I, I, I think probably she went to that meal barrel, got that meal, then went over, mixed that oil with it. My goodness, there's still meal in there. I thought, I, I thought one was all it would do. The next day she went over, looked at that barrel, got that meal, mixed that oil. There's still some meal down at the bottom of that thing. Next day, that meal's still there, that oil's still there. Next day, that meal's still there, that oil's still there. The Bible says that went on until it rained. God will supply our need. There have been times in our lives, every one of us have to admit, we went back to the cruise and there was oil and we wonder, how in the world did that oil get there? I didn't put it there. I didn't do that. There's still meal in that barrel. I didn't buy that meal. I didn't do that. How did that happen? Our God is faithful. He's always been faithful. When you find a woman who will trust God and who will live for God and serve God, I want to tell you God always comes through. I'm not telling you that God only answers mother's prayers, but I'm just telling you when you find a dear mama that loves God, that knows how to get a hold of heaven and ring the bells of heaven, you'll find a mama that God is going to bless and pour out his blessings on. Until it rained, God provided. Uh, I think she probably learned when nothing else makes sense, you can always believe in God. You can always believe in God. My mama taught us that people are not the resource. I, I've had people tell me that. Mm, I mean, we've been through in the last 15 years, I don't know, seven or eight different major building programs. And I have people all the time say, Preacher, you can only go to the well so much. You know, people got you so much, you can only go so much. Well, it depends on whose well you're going to. I mean, if you go into one that you dug for yourself, that dude's going to run dry. But I got news, the, the well of the Lord Jesus Christ never runs dry. It's always there. Mama taught us that fads don't last. How many of y'all, men, you'd admit it, you still got a pair of bell-bottom britches hanging in the closet? They're, they're going to come back. They have to. Amen? <laughs> I, I was listening to that song Julie was singing a while ago, and the guy's got the khaki pants and the polo shirt. How many of you had those shirts that Mama made out of a feed sack? Huh? Anybody here have that? Are, Mendel, are we the only two? Your, your Mama's never made these shirts out of feed. They're the prettiest shirts in the world. Yeah, out of feed sack. We didn't have a polo shirt. It was out of a feed sack. Seasons change. Fads change. Friends come and go. But the Word of God endures forever. <laughs> Never changes. Never changes. Elijah said, as the Lord thy God liveth, the God of Israel. I can tell you why homes are being destroyed and torn apart today why society seems to have gone lividly nuts on us. Education can't do it. Money's not going to change it. Popular thinking's not going to win the victory. There's only one thing that's going to change that, and that's when you begin to say, thus saith the Lord. When you begin to say, hey, we'll run this house on thus saith the Lord. We'll lead our marriage on thus saith the Lord. Not what my emotions are, thus saith the Lord. 
We, 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 we'll educate our kids on thus saith the Lord. We'll pastor this church on thus saith the Lord. I, I can't stand on anything else. There's a lot of things you can stand on. I get 20 emails a week. Paul probably the same thing of guys telling me how we can build a church and they ain't never even pastored a church. I'm telling you, I don't need the new fads. I don't need the new junk. We just need to stand on the word of God and say, thus saith the Lord. Well, she was resourceful. She was walking by faith and obedience. She was blessed of God. Everything seems to be going okay till you get down to verse 17. Let me tell you what else a sustaining woman will do. She knows how to get a hold of God. She comes in and her son that she loves so dearly. The Bible says the King James, he's without breath. That means he's dead. And she comes and brings that child to Elijah and said, is this a judgment of God? And Elijah takes the child and takes him to his chambers and lays him there on his chamber. And he said, Lord, what are you trying to teach us? Is this a judgment of God? And he laid down over that child. And the Bible says the child began to breathe. She knew how to get a hold of God. Sometimes our problem is that we are more focused on our circumstances than we are the one who can Solve the circumstances. Mm. If you're here this morning and you had a mama who would go around the world and back to make sure you had everything you need, you ought to praise the Lord. Praise Amen. You, you, I'm just telling you. Every day she would pray for you. Every day invest in your life. It, at Jeanette's funeral yesterday, uh, one of the things that one of the kids had written, uh, she was always uh, uh, with it for her kids, and uh, her son was running a race six hours away. And one of the teachers said, Jeanette, you're going to drive six hours to see your son run a two-minute race? And Jeanette, if you know Jeanette, she piped back in and said, it better not take him two minutes. She better run it in one minute and 50 seconds or less. <laughs> I mean, did you have a mama that was there, little league? She was there at the school program. She was there at the church. She was, I mean, all the time she was there. She's the one that said, you know, you could hear her go to sleep when the door slammed and you came in at night. She's the kind of mama that says, text us when you get there. Used to call, but now we text when we get there. She was the kind of mama that would sit next to your bedside with a cold, damp, wash rag over your head while your fever was running out of control and daddy would say hurry up what's taking so long and mama would just sit there patiently take care of every need you had i'll be honest with you those ladies that sustain us praise god for them only reason i've been able to keep going people tell me all the time you need to slow down no we need to speed up man jesus is coming you know why I can keep going? Uh, it's not my physical strength. I, I can't hardly even walk. I have trouble with my balance. I never thought I'd see a time when I couldn't raise this leg to put it in the pants leg and that leg, stand, uh, you better not do that standing up right now. You'll fall down. It's not that. 
It's not my emotional fortitude. I want to be honest with you. I'm weary. I'm worn. There are days when I sit down and say, Lord, I'm through. Let somebody else do it. It's not spiritual maturity. Almost every day I start out, it's a whining session with the Lord. You know what sustains me? I'll go to Arabella this afternoon, and they're watching by live stream. And there'll be five or six of them. There'll be a whole group of them, but they they know they don't have time one-on-one. And they'll grab my hand, and they'll look me straight in the face and say, Preacher, there is never a day goes by that we don't pray for you and Becky. There is never a day goes by we don't pray for this church. That's what sustains us, folks. That's what gets us over the hump and keeps us going. Where would we be without moms Wives, grandmothers, hey, Elijah, the brook's dry. (laughs) The birds are not coming no more. Lord, are you going to send a lion? I mean, you sent a raven before, so maybe you're going to send a lion. No, I'm going to send you to a place called Zarephath with a widow woman. She's broke. She's lonely. She's stressed out. She's almost dead. Thank God for women who will sustain us. Today's a good day. If you've never trusted Jesus Christ, you've got a mama that's been praying for you. Today's a good day to be saved. Maybe this day, uh, maybe a husband just needs to bring a wife and say, look, We hadn't raised our kids by thus saith the Lord, but let's start it today. Remember what that song said? There's never a bad time to start. You can just crank her on up this morning. You can start right now. Maybe you need a church home. (laughs) This is a great church, tremendous church this side of heaven. Let me just close with one other statement, and I'm through. As much as your mama loves you, And as much as she's been your cheerleader and as much as she's bailed you out time after time after time, give you money when your daddy didn't know anything about it, (laughs) slipped it to you. Amen? I know what I'm talking about. Yeah. As much as she's done all of that for you, there's coming a day of judgment day when she cannot do one thing for you. It's your decision. You will determine today whether you'll spend eternity in a place called heaven or you can reject Christ and spend eternity in a place called hell. But you will spend eternity. You will spend eternity. It's your choice of where you're going to be. And I'm just telling you, I think there'd be some mamas that might start shouting if some kids got saved this morning. I mean, there may be some, whoo, we may have a hallelujah time. Maybe you've got a kid that's that's wayward, that's straight off the straight and narrow path. Don't ever stop praying for them. Don't ever stop praying. You never know what God's doing. But I promise you, he's doing something. He's doing something. Lord, would you hear our cry this morning? God, as we think about this dear woman, we don't even know who her name is. She's not wealthy. She doesn't have anything. And yet, Lord, 
you chose her to sustain your profit for three years. God, I pray this morning you would help us to be resourceful. That God, this morning, you'd help us to walk by faith and not by sight. That you would open the gates of, ble of uh, blessing upon this church as you have. Would you continue? Maybe there are those that just need a special touch from you this morning. God, would you have your way in their life right now? We love you, and we're excited about what you're going to do on this Mother's Day. In Jesus' name. Would you stand with me?